Episode 18. 18. And it really is episode 18 because I even looked it up. Yes. I looked it up today yeah. just to be sure just we are sure. episode 18. We are legal. We are legal. Damn, you went there. All right, okay. <laughs> we are legal. All right, we can now do some shit now. And now what happens next? <laughs> Send the kids out the room. <laughs> Adulting. <laughs> Time to pay bills. And, and this is Stakes is High. The Black, Black Nerd, Nerd Podcast. Podcast. Yes, indeed. I am Trent Hunter at Tall Black Guy on Ed Thang. A.K.A. Ill Gates, A.K.A. Han Yolo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your boy Terry Gant, A.K.A. Doc Midnight, A.K.A. Dread October. That boy said Han Yolo. <laughs> he brought Yolo. Like, Yolo was a thing. Yolo was a thing during the last black president's first fucking run. Like I didn't see that shit. Cause that's pretty cool. I I. I'm out, I'm out here with it. I'm, I'm out here with it. And we go and we gonna give you this, this. This is the Black History Month episode. Cause we gonna do one. Cause we had to do. One. We had to give you what you needed in February. True that. Had to give you, you know, in the in the in the year of our Lord, 2017. We had to give you something for February. Had to give you something. So right. here we are. We gonna give you something. We got a we got a list of things. Let's get in. Let's just get in. All right. Let's do this. So here's the thing. Like on our agenda, I want to talk about. In Black History Month, some <laughs> things really fucking surprised me when we we're going through it. Now, world, America and the world, I know you're out there thinking, man, we all going through it. No, you don't <laughs> understand. There's some shit that's bad right now. The United States has a president who's a fucking dumpster fire, and I don't, I don't have any other way to put that, right? He's a dumpster fire. But you would think that if I were the dumbest motherfucker in America right now and a dumpster fire had become my president, I'd start reading books. I'd start tracing them shits with crayon. I don't know what I mean. I would put my face in it because I don't know what's coming next with a dumpster fire of a presidency, right? Which actually is an insult to dumpster fires because dumpster fires give you warmth and they get rid of trash. No, they actually don't. And here's, let me tell you about a dumpster fire. You can die from the shit that off gases from a dumpster fire. Well, you don't sit there and huff the dumpster fire. Dumb people do. But we, okay, you know what? The metaphor is getting off track. All right, go on, go on. Okay. The metaphor is getting off track right so, now. So, I had a moment this weekend, which was one of those, like, you know, while I was thinking and pondering where we're going as a, as a country for the next, like, you know, 90 days or 180 days or, you know, 250 days short, short until term. treason charges happen. Right. Like, I was pondering all that, right? And then I had one of those Dave Chappelle, Rick James moments where I heard a thing being said by a person. <laughs> and I went, they should have never gave you ninjas money. Because I have to wonder, is it that when a cat's broke and he says dumb shit, nobody's paying attention. Right. When a cat no makes audience. a little bit of paper, right? Now, anything a dude says when he's got money is now newsworthy <laughs> and must be commented upon ad nauseum. Sometimes what I want is I want a cat with money who says something dumb to be laughed at and we can move on. Right. But sometimes that thing is so dumb, I can't believe someone believes that. I'm talking about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is All-Star Weekend. So two things you need to know. A, I've just explained who Kyrie Irving is. That is the first thing. The second thing is it is a slow sports period as we are post-Super Bowl and the baseball season hasn't kicked off. Right? March Madness hasn't happened yet. Athletes, if you're out there, 
understand that there is a microphone and a camera in your face at all times right about now. This is the season where someone's just waiting for you to be be stupid. There are some that happened today in that same event. Um, Ex-Cub said something. And because it's a slow thing, because it's a slow cycle and everything, he got lambasted for that, but it actually was pretty stupid. He didn't say, he didn't say something stupid, but the reaction was stupid. Okay, I think I might know what you mean there. So Kyrie Irving okay, but let's go. came up with he believes the earth is flat. Now, the last time I heard a dude who was a flat earther, it was B.O.B., right? Yes. Like, I figured, all right, man, a whole lot of cats out there want to be rappers, and I didn't ask that motherfucker to be a Rhodes Scholar, and there's a whole lot of guys who've been basketball players, and I didn't ask them to be Rhodes Scholars either, but I kind of feel like, how did you make it this long in the NBA before someone discovered you were a flat earther? I can't believe. Well, I was more shocked that this just came up for Kyrie. Just came up, right? Yeah. Right. Like he's, he's been in the league for a minute. It is. It is dumb, right? It is dumb. He's got shit going on. Like, oh no, it's obvious that the Earth is flat. Have you ever seen pictures of it? It's always flat. It's of course the Earth is flat. Every it's, time you go to another planet, it's like the the pictures come back flat. Like he he is at yeah. So you know what Kyrie Irving reminds me of? Anti vaxxers. <laughs> he reminds me of anti vaxxers. Because anti-vaxxers have been told something that is stupid and ignorant and wrong, right? And their defense is always... Prove it. Prove me wrong. <laughs> right? Prove me wrong. Shout, right? out to, shout out to Robert Nero. Generally, anti-vaxxers aren't talking to scientists. They're ignoring scientists. Right. Right? A dude just says, I'm a doctor, and I believe vaccines will make your kids autistic. Well, he's a doctor. He did say it. But if all the other doctors come on, no, that fucking dude, he's not a doctor. We, we fucking kicked him out of the doctor school, right? <laughs> he just said to you he's a doctor. I call myself the Reverend Dr. Midnight all the time when I'm doing a wedding, right? I'm not actually a doctor. I'm not even a reverend, right? I am legally marrying people right, right. because that's not hard, right? <laughs> Hit me up, docmidnight at gmail.com if you need your wedding done. <laughs> you want a nerd wedding, you know, in that like, like black nature boy kind of style. I can bring that for you. Woo! Right? I can do it. I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down. Like, I can do that for you, you know? But but I'm not saying I'm an actual doctor. Right. Right? Like, I, it's just a thing you wouldn't actually do. You wouldn't yep. believe me if I said I was. If, if, I, if you broke your arm, I'd be like, shit, bro, don't move it. Let me call a doctor. I wouldn't be like, I got this shit. <laughs> it's on me. Oh, man, me. I only bill you half the rate. Don't even worry about it, man. I'm about to put this doc I'm on I'm a physical you. therapy, yo shit. You're going to be good as new. Right? <laughs> Back on the field in two weeks. A dude who believes the earth is still, still believes the earth is flat is the kind of person that I suspect would also believe that, like, I can't imagine he believes in germs and microbes and shit. You know? Like any number of things we've already gotten past. Because you know? science. Babies must literally come from storks to this dude. If you're that kind of dude, like if, if like I felt like when Black History Month started, I thought the worst thing we had to deal with was the fact that like Dubstep is president. But really, I said when when this happened, it was like, wait, it's not just that. It's that this motherfucker has made it to this point in life, right? In 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 the year of your Lord, 2017, he's like, and he's still no matter what else is going on in the world, it's happening in a flat world to this man, right? And the, the thing that got me about it was when asked about it, he basically said, 
yeah, you know, it's an opinion that's been proven. And he took this tack of not only prove it to me, not only other people agree with me, but hey, if you got something better, here's, you know, it's your opinions are now facts now, which kind of goes along with this whole thing we got going on now where it's, facts are optional. Dude, it's like you have to think the sun is pulled across the sky by horses and a chariot. You know what I mean? That's what we own. Like, like thunder, thunder and lightning are giants in the clouds playing bowling like in the cartoons and shit. You, America, black America, you can't be that guy. I kind of feel like if, if you're that guy, then it doesn't actually matter to you who the fuck the president is. It doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. Nothing else touches you. Nothing else Science doesn't touch you. you. Right. The dangerous <laughs> bit about this is like Kyrie Irving has plenty of money. Plenty. He ain't going to be hurting for shit. Right? When he has he, kids, he, he might have hurt kids, his pockets, though. He might have hurt his endorsement pockets. Is it right? Like, I don't know what Kyrie Irving's endorsing right now. I don't think he but is. I but. bet it's not Expedia, right? <laughs> There's no fucking way. Like, There's no way Kyrie Irving is endorsing Travelocity. I just can't see that at all, right? I just no, 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 no. I just don't see anything involving actually going to a place like Kyrie. I think Kyrie thinks that we only call it the North Pole and the South Pole because he believes it's a literal pole there. And we're only talking about the poles because somehow the poles became famous. Right? Like, he isn't... There were no details. Motherfucker. Like, even Discovery <laughs> Channel will show you how fucking magnets work. You know what I mean? Like, you don't... It's not magic. It's not actually magic. Do we just ask? People just ask. Magnets. How the fuck do they work? How do magnets work? Yeah. Google it. But Google's fake news. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can't even address the fake news. I can't believe fake. Like, I understood fake news was a thing back when folks was getting all their shit from Fox News and Breitbart and all these other fake stories. They were like, you know, the fucking Drudge. Hillary Clinton has a sex ring and a pizza place yeah. that gets kids that, you know, people come diddle little kids. Like, fake news, right? I, I get that there's the, the, the Clinton campaign... And man, the number of people who've crossed the Clintons of all them dead. Clinton's got a body count like motherfucking Wilson Fisk. You know what I'm saying? Like, according to these motherfuckers. Like, yeah, that's fake. That's fake and stupid, right? I, I, I get that one can see a story, get all wrapped up in it, and believe, well, it seems plausible. I did read that on the internet. But we know that that's fake shit. So to me, that was fake. That, that, that's what fake news is. Fake news is like, you know, this has got to be the year Jesus comes because a bunch of frogs came out of a swamp in fucking Florida. Something, something. Like, I get that. But now we're past fake news because now we just say fake news. Fake news is really a thing. Now we're at actual, like, other shit. Like this alternative facts bullshit, right? Like, we're beyond fake news. We've hit alternative facts to, like, now science that we fucking proved years ago hundreds of years ago now no longer fucking matters like i don't think i don't think we as like a, a community of people who aren't deplorable can afford to have cats being like wait 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 you guys are all mad about this trump situation we, can we go back can we just go back and like somebody explain gravity to me like who got time for that shit? Right. Not, not to mention climate change. Yeah. Not to mention... Like, I, I was thinking today about, like, the, the number of people who 
are all pro-Trump, but anti-anything that isn't Trump, it occurred to me that most of what they're actually mad about is shit that happens in cities, right? Like these aren't people who live in cities, generally. I mean, some of these people do, but mo most of them, the Trump base isn't city people, right? Right. So it is like people in cities need a thing. We're against that thing. People in cities demand that these rights be equal. No, fuck that noise. People in cities want clean air. What do you want? No, clean air costs too much. And if clean, you air, get clean air keeps us from having jobs polluting said air. Right. Like, it's all these things, right? The only thing that the Trump base, agree, that they want that involves cities, where only the city people know what the fuck they're talking about, happens to be immigration, right? Because a good chunk of, I imagine, like, you know, fucking people come over from, some, from say, Iran or Iraq or Syria or something, I don't think they really want to move to Bowling Green. I think once they're vetted, they might move to Bowling Green. I, you know, quiet, it could be. Quiet town. Yeah, I mean, students can live anywhere, right? right? If you come here for school, you can go anywhere, right? Like, the, the, the actual situation that was in Bowling Green was stopped by the appropriate authorities, right? That's how that's supposed to work, right? But so much of our immigration is people going to where the actual, like, where the people are, which happens to be our cities. But if you live along the fucking river in West Virginia, the fuck do you give a shit? What do you know about what the hell's happening in Chicago or Milwaukee or Phoenix? You know? You don't. You don't know. Well, maybe we do know what's going on well, in Phoenix because I mean, Arizona makes themselves plainfully racistly known. Racistly? You know? Racistly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> I just made that up. I'm with it. I did right there. That yeah. worked. That worked. Yeah. You know? But when I heard that shit, I was like, God damn it. I thought we'd at least made it to like the 20th century on some of our science, but not one more motherfucker. No. I get that there's a whole lot of dudes out there smoking a blunt an hour who believe the earth is flat. Shouts, well, okay. Okay, before you went to that, 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 cats who smoke a blunt an hour, shout out to Snoop, shout out to Willie Nelson. What's up with y'all? But then you said, I don't believe the earth is flat, uh, and <laughs> I really believe that, I don't think that Snoop and Willie Nelson think the earth is flat. Right, right. Okay. I have to think they don't. Believe the Earth is flat. I, I don't think so. Snoop has been high enough. See what I did there. Uh, to 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 know that uh, he could to see the curvature of the Earth. The curvature I would, of the Earth. I would think Kyrie Irving has been high enough <laughs> to see the curvature of the Earth. But for sure, we know Willie has, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't have to have an out of body experience to understand it. <laughs> but God bless America. It's NBA week, and there are no games. This is the only game you have, right. Kyrie. Right, and there's no defense. We're just playing. We're just playing schoolyard ball. Nothing happening in your sport, and you said you believe the apropos Earth is flat. Nothing. I think was it apropos nothing. Like it was someone just not in. It was. It was related. They were kind of doing like a little podcasting with two of his teammates, and a thing got said, and then this is kind of where he was like, "Hey, but you know what? Though he kind of threw it out there, like because." He had a thing to say suddenly, and then he got people were like, wait, what? <laughs> and then he doubled down on it, right? So I am, I am very much supporting my brothers in the resistance here, but there are some times when I'm, what I'm a little surprised at is, here we are resisting, and we gotta reach back to intellectually grab some motherfuckers. And it ain't like I just gotta intellectually grab you to pull your pants up, you know? Cause I'm, I mean, I'm, and that's, Okay. On, on this on the spectrum of respectability politics, I believe pull your fucking pants up. Yeah. Right. But there's a lot of dudes with their pants down around their ass who understand the world's round. Right. 
In fact, the only reason you got to pull your pants up is because somewhere on the other side of the fucking world, someone doesn't know why your pants are down, right? That's how the world works. I was going to say your pants are down because of gravity, so you have to kind of be down with science. Look at that. Boom! Science anyway. Boom! Um, It's it's weird. It's funny. Like, we don't want to pull... You know, we, we, we thought we had to pull everybody up to the whole nonviolent resistance. Violence might be necessary. You know, because a Walgreens window doesn't get smashed, mean doesn't invalidate your whole thing. Um, disingenu- people are disingenuous on the other side, going to call you all sorts of stuff. Um, legal challenges. we doing all this stuff. In the middle of it, in the middle of all this cacophony of people plotting and planning and trying to get some stuff together in the community, some dude goes, Oh, the earth is flat like a motherfucker. And, and here's why it really, it, the core of why it bothers me is because everyone wants to yell and scream at an athlete who comes out and has a political point. You yelled and screamed at Colin Kaepernick, right? Shut up and, and throw the football. You yelled and screamed at Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, right? <laughs> you know, shut the fuck up and bounce the basketball, right? You yelled and screamed at that dude. Whenever someone has an actual cogent fucking point to make, you want him to shut up and sit the fuck down and just play sports and, and be that like be that dude, right? Like when when uh who my man uh when Draymond Green said a couple days back that he believes the Charles Oakley situation in New York, that James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks, had a slave master mentality and the way he dealt with Charles Oakley. It was shut up and play basketball. Right. Don't comment on the social situation going on in this world in terms of slavery, get over that bullshit, right? Right. Yet here we have a dude who is so comfortable in his ignorance, so <laughs> willing to share it, so willing in to his share ignorance, it. he's ready to throw it right out there, double down on it, right? Right. <laughs> like I find that in this time in which you don't know tomorrow if someone's going to drop a bomb on you. Or deport you. Because, or, or deport you. But, I mean, my legit concern is there are countries around the world right now that are, that are like, first world nations. That are first world nations who look at our president like he's a dangerous person. Right? They don't want to deal with that cat on just about any level. There are world leaders out there in first world nations who don't want to hold this man's hand. Right? <laughs> when you get to that point, someone out there is looking at this dude in this situation and saying, Bruh, you better get your shit together. Don't make me check you. Right? Don't make me check you. Because there's secret service agents out there who are like, I ain't taking a bullet for this cat. You live in that kind of world. Now imagine you live in that kind of world. And now we have athletes who were sticking a a microphone in front of their face to hear whatever they got coming out of their mouth. And they say that. That bothers me greatly. I get that. Everybody ain't got to be James Baldwin. You can't be. You know what I mean? We're going to get to James Baldwin later on. Um, but stuff like JJ, like people who, like Jake Arrieta, JJ yeah. Watt, who espouses like this conservative thing, sure. usually are kind of unhinged with it. Right. So like, why are you attacking me? Because I'm conservative. No, because you're not making a goddamn point. Right. You're not making a point. And you're off. I would separate Jake Arrieta and JJ Watt from people like the Kurt Warners of the world, or like in baseball, there was a whole thing like several years back, like several years, I mean, like a decade, right, where evangelical Christianity had reached major league clubhouses to the point where clubhouses were divided. Where some dudes, man, I mean, cats from the hood, they were just as Christian as everybody else, but they didn't need an actual Bible study group in the, in the clubhouse. Right. right. We're here to play baseball, yo. You know what I mean? 
But some other cats felt like this had to be a thing, right? And there were star players who were like kind of making that a thing, right? Right. I remember that. And they weren't really they weren't really doing it in opposition to anything else going on in the clubhouse because they sure as fuck weren't doing it in opposition to dudes taking steroids, and they weren't doing it in opposition to dudes falling asleep in piles of cocaine. They weren't doing it in opposition to cats who were bringing their mistresses on the road, right? They weren't doing it in opposition to them. They were doing it because they had become the spotlight, right? So I, I find it like, yeah, when, when somebody speaks up and says a thing, we got to like shit on him for, for speaking his mind and for understanding the United States Constitution, right? But some of the op- a white guy, a white athlete says a thing and it's like, oh, look at that guy. He just, oh, well, look at him just being Christian. You know, that does quite, and that happens quite. Who's the ex-cup you were thinking about? Uh, it was Dexter Fowler. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought we were going to Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler didn't say a he thing. Didn't say, he didn't say, they asked he him. He just happens to be married. They asked him about it, and his wife's like Iranian. Or, his wife is Iranian, yeah. And it says his sister-in-law couldn't visit. Right. And he just said, I find it unfortunate that, you know, um, we want to travel. We couldn't. Um, my sister-in-law wanted to come over, but she can't. Um, and I, that's unfortunate. And people got on this shit. Like, oh, people shut People didn't up. get on this shit. St. Louis fans got on this well, shit. They're the worst baseball shit. fans in the league. I said it. St. <laughs> Louis Cardinals baseball fans, with the exception of my boy Chris Neesman, are the worst fucking people in baseball. They are horrible fucking people, and they don't know shit about the game. Their organization knows something about the game, but that fan base are just deplorable. There. I like using that word. <laughs> I'm not known for taking a stance, America. <laughs> But St. Louis baseball fans, y'all awful. A couple of y'all cool, though. With a bulk of y'all are awful. So, they get, if they get at me, that's going to be my defense. I'm I like, got you. You're in the cool group. Right. Friend of mine, I forgot, was a Cardinals fan. I'll do that shit. Chris Neesman is the first person that popped up. Though. Chris is, now you guys don't know Chris. Now, I don't know if Chris listens to the podcast. I'll tell him I shouted him out. But Chris is a photographer, and uh, my man is a graphic designer, and he did a comics podcast for a long time, and he's really fucking good at it. And he he organized once upon a time the coolest comic book convention I'd ever been at, which was Windy City Comic Con. Right, Chris oh. is that dude. Like, okay. Chris is my man, and I, you know, he just unfortunately, <laughs> I believe, also likes the Cardinals. Yes, <laughs> he might be from there, but most of the people that I know who are Cardinals fans left St. Louis. So fuck them. As far as St. Louis, it's a city. As far as St. Louis, yeah, blow it up. No, I like. No, I you give motherfuckers from St. Louis half a chance, they'll run to Kansas City. <laughs> no, I, I got two people in St. Louis, so I go visit, kick it, go to Blues games, and we're good. Um, good people, um, pro-choice activists doing the thing, because Missouri is a Missouri is a southern state that's up too far north. That's Cincinnati you describing. I bet if you offered your friends no. just enough money, they would cross that fucking no. border. They just had to get like halfway up to no. Illinois to make it better. I no, understand. No, no. They got family there, they, they, and they've been there the entire time. Podcast universe, I cast aspersions at the city of St. Louis. Y'all done, <laughs> y'all done pulled too much bullshit. <laughs> I love, we ain't noticing. I love three of y'all, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on from this motherfucking Kyrie Irving. Because, man, I can't believe that dude. See, we, you say... You and then I heard he went to Duke. So then suddenly shit made sense. Because <laughs> they're also horrible people. They are. All, I think we're all united now. <laughs> I think the sports world, if you watch sports at any level... I don't know how I missed the Kyrie Irving went to Duke. See, I heard that today and I was like, oh. I had to come around on that. I used to be a fan of Duke. And then I started wow. paying attention. I, I used to be a fan. 
when I first started getting into sports and college basketball in particular, there were two teams that I liked. One was Michigan because they were the Wolverines, and Wolverines were in the X Men. So like I was a kid, like it made sense to me. It was dope, right? And then Duke, the Blue Devils, and the Blue Devil, he's a superhero in the DC Comics. Look, man, I didn't know a lot about college sports. I was doing my mascots. <laughs> if you had a mascot that was a comic book superhero, I watch your games. <laughs> Talked about this? Wow. Yeah. yeah, man, dude, I would have I would have rooted for North Carolina if there was a villain named Tar Heel. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Okay. All right. Well, I I, I, I I do find it awesome that people who pay the least attention to sports, you hate Duke. Yeah. And you hate the Yankees. Sure. That's fact. Yeah. Fact. Pretty much. Um. All right. Let's keep it moving. Um. <laughs> I we can't well go on man it's just you got this thing written down so the we, Muslim ban the Muslim ban let's just yeah I mean I, like I mean a Muslim ban is fairly simple it's stupid but because it doesn't do shit it doesn't do anything for you we we already you can google what the vetting process is right so we know that immigrants coming over here from the Middle East and from Muslim countries are vetted they're vetted horribly strongly Right, they vet the shit out of these guys right. before they before they get over here. It's like a year, two year process of people digging in your ass. Like I'm telling you, it's like seven different intelligence agencies getting all up in your entire life story. Right, and if they can't put the pieces together, you ain't getting in. Right, it's not even a thing. But my issue isn't really with the Muslim ban. My issue is with that part of America that can't fucking understand that the thing you're actually worried about Muslims doing is being done by your neighbor, right? Well, you guys like out there know who your neighbor is who makes his own bullets, <laughs> who's got his own little pamphlets he likes leaving on people's windshields, who's been talking that good shit ever since fucking the Ford administration about what should be done about the brown people coming up here trying to make the same amount of dollars as you, right? <laughs> you know exactly who these cats are, right? Terrorism isn't a thing that the Muslims do because somehow it's in their great holy book that terrorism is like, it's what you, it's like Christmas to them. It's not. That's not the way it works. Terrorism is a thing that you do when you're too much of a chicken shit to work for the thing you need and, and you're angry about it and therefore you have to hurt as many people as you can and make them afraid because you can't be a proper soldier. Right? That's how terrorism works. Right? Technically, Bullshit gang action on the street can be terrorism, right? Blowing up a federal building with a bunch of fucking cow shit is terrorism, right? Blowing up a, a, a fucking a marathon with like fucking pipe bombs is terrorism, right? Rounding up all your buddies and putting on your white robes and getting on fucking like horses and, you know, burning down people's houses and, you know, setting capital lowercase t's on fire on the lawn. Terrorism. All that shit's terrorism. Terrorism is when the police come to your crib because they want to arrest you, but they don't actually show you a warrant or anything, and first they throw firebombs through the fucking door, then they shoot you. Terrorism, right? State-sponsored. State-sponsored terrorism. All of these things are terrorism. The root of terrorism is the word terror. If you can terrorize a populace, if you can make a populace believe that death can come from any direction at any time, you, my friend, are a terrorist. And if you want people to believe that only you can protect people in backwoods Kentucky, backwoods West right. Virginia, who aren't targets right. of terrorism, right. that, hey, guess what? Right. I can protect you from this 
unseen menace, right. you could be president. I, I, I know shit has happened on college campuses where, because mental health is not valued whatsoever, where students have gone and done things in which they have, have beat up other students or they've shot other students or done whatever. Like, yeah, it, to do so in the name of terrifying a student body or, or a small college town, right? To, to, to shake it all up, right? To turn it all upside down, to burn it all down is terrorism. That is terrorism. But you, some of you, have let the dumpster fire convince you that terrorism only looks a certain way. Let me tell you, ask the United Kingdom through the 70s and 80s what terrorism looked like, right? And they won't tell you it looks like a motherfucker from the Middle East. They're gonna tell you it looks like somebody who grew up between 35th Street and Roosevelt Road and between Halsted and the Dan Ryan. That's what they would tell you, right? That's what they would tell you, except for the Mexicans. I just realized a lot of Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, and, I a lot of, them. and Chinatown's in there. Chinatown, I guess Chinatown's also in there. But I'm sure they got their issues with some people too, right? They got their issues with some folks too, right? Terrorism is not... Muslims coming over doing a damn thing. Right. If you fucking ask him, you meet yourself a Muslim and talk to him about Islam, and he'll tell you what his religion is all about. It's just, it's like your religion, right? The dumb shit that happens within their religion, but motherfuckers they've already denounced, right? Just like what happens in your religion. Oh, but we can't. But you know, you've denounced the KKK, which is a Christian organization. I've denounced the KKK. Well, you some know. people don't right. ask you. Well, the KKK aren't Christians. Well, the KKK aren't just like the people who are doing the jihadists aren't real Muslims. Right. So, but you are more happy assigning blame to an entire group. Right. When oh, but the group you're in happens to do the set, you know, crosses on fire on people's lawns. I'm not even. I don't entirely even have a problem with the ban being from countries Trump doesn't do business in. Even if he'd included the countries where he where he does do business, I'd have the same issue. Yeah. Right? But that just makes it kind of... If you're going to be creepy and wrong, be creepy and wrong all the way all across the, way, the board. All the way thick. Right. Your problem is, now your shit just looks like mad conflict of interest. Yeah. Right? Right. People act like Muslims only started coming here for fucking four years ago. Right? I grew up with Muslims. Right? My boy Sahir Muhammad had the coolest fucking comic book collection I'd ever seen. Like, he had dope shit. I got to read the first fucking, like, like I swear I was reading, like, like early Jack Kirby Marvel books because Sahir Muhammad had the coolest comic book collection under his bed because his old man was reading. He was buying them shits, like, off the fucking newsstand and kept them shits in pristine condition. Like, I don't know where Sahir Muhammad is today, but I hope he still got his comics because I'm kind of looking for him. But I discovered there's a lot of Sire Muhammad's out there. Yeah. I ain't, I'm not a stalker. I'm right. just saying, if you're listening, bruh, get at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm but, saying? Like, but, my but, whole but, life, I live around these cats. Right, right. I mean, it's just the fact that, yeah, we, we've... The terrorists are brown. Terrorists come from these old places over here. Yep. Meanwhile, we've shut down all the security apparatus that look at the homegrown ones, the cats who, hey, we're going to go up to New York and shoot a mosque. Right. Oh, word? Right. Oh, hey, we're going to go people, do the people same. in Wisconsin. People in Wisconsin going and attacking like Sikhs, right? Like who aren't Muslim, right? right. Like shit like that. Like right. if only there were a place where the state 
ran it and paid money for you to learn about another culture so you understood what the fuck you were talking about. If only we had places like that. Mm. Nah. Not the internet. Mm-hmm. Fake if news. only there were a place where if you wanted to educate yourself about a thing <laughs> and only had so much money, the state would charge you less if you picked their institution <laughs> so that you could meet people no. who weren't like you no. and learn about people who weren't Fair. like you. You know. Sounds like communism. Just say. All right, moving on from the Muslim ban. <laughs> so the dumpster <laughs> fire has not learned his lesson. Send in the feds. <laughs> he needs to keep Chicago out of his motherfucking mouth. But, but, but uh, there's a, there's a there's a prologue. I see where you're going. All right. But your but your mayor had something to say about that too. Because our mayor's a piece of shit. He's not my mayor. Technically. He's your mayor. <laughs> He's not my mayor. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, take McCallie. He's not my man. I'm in Evanston, man. You know how many times I get shit about this from the brothers? Yes. <laughs> At last, it pays off for me. Once. He's not my man. Okay. It's paid off for me several times, actually. <laughs> you know, I can't have motherfuckers. I can't get motherfuckers to come up and have a beer in my neighborhood. But, you know, I'm just saying. Just saying. He's not my man. <laughs> We're gonna turn this podcast to a house of lies. That's how we not. That's what we not gonna do. Turn this to a house of lies. House of lies. I'm not gonna do that. Cast the dispersion. But anyway, but I'm gonna say, but okay, the Chicago mayor had something to say about that. Yes. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm let you, because you had a particular. Well, my point particular of view. point. My particular point is, you can't if you if you don't want to address the heroin problem, right? You don't want gun control, like you don't actually want to deal with the fucking gun show loophole and and bullshit coming across Indiana. How come I keep seeing fucking news stories where freight trains full of guns keep getting robbed? Really? You you're sending the guns on freight trains, are you? You keep putting them on the news that if you just want to steal some guns, man, hit a freight train in the same fucking neighborhood. Really? Oh, that's a thing. Okay, so we don't want social shit that like can get motherfuckers off of heroin or give them something to do. Right. We've cut funding because the state's in a fucking shambles. So the state of Illinois is so shitty, we had to, we had to kill the programs or right. not fund the programs where people actually literally go into neighborhoods finding folks about to do shootings and calming them down. Now, man, three months ago, I wouldn't have even known this was a fucking job. But apparently there are people trained to know who in the hood is, is, is the kind of person ready to pop off and do a thing and to calm them the fuck down and work with them so they don't do so. These folks can't get funded now. Right. Right? Well, the state of Illinois hasn't had a budget in two years. Man, you know what that's like? That's like, man, it'd be great, Illinois, Chicago, if you could just stop having your houses burned down. Well, luckily, when your house burns down, we have this fire department over here. Nah, man. We, the fire department, we can't really pay those guys, so we're going to have to just go back to, like, you not burning your house. Why did your house keep burning? Whoa, your house is burning, too. Holy shit, your house is burning? Whoa, the whole block burning. God damn, the city's burning. Where are, where, what can we do about the city burning thing? If only. If only there were a thing you could do, right? If only there were people trained to do something about that thing. If only there were people trained in training you how not to burn your fucking house down, you know? But not here. We can't have that. So... My man was sending the feds. And what did your mayor say? <laughs> he was at Stanford, I think, and he was talking about talking to some law kids. And he said that people need to calm down. People need to calm down because Democrats won't win the election anytime soon. 
and panicking about this thing is 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 you hysterical about a, a thing that's not going to be a big deal. But as far as the he, he met with he met with the dumpster fire, and apparently they had a productive meeting, where apparently some steps were taken to basically give in case some legalities happen in case some things happened legally feds could be sent in what that don't make any fucking sense however i don't know who we're talking about here so it ain't gonna make sense the dumpster fire ain't gonna make sense and it was in exchange for right, considerations right. right mayor coldmiser ain't ever making no sense either right so i will say god damn it like <laughs> To, to, to declare that there are circumstances in which we can use federal help tends to mean more boots on the ground. More boots on the ground won't solve Chicago's won't solve violence shit. problem. Won't solve shit. Right. There's, there's no we, answer. Did we have a movie? We had a movie. The Siege. We had a movie about We this. did, in fact, have a movie Denzel was this. there. Denzel and Bruce listen, Willis. And Bruce listen, Willis listen, gave you the line. This yeah. what says, the army is not a scalpel. Nope. The army's a sledgehammer. Yep. Yep. But when we don't want to solve social problems, the army can't help. Well, the army could theoretically help you get a job because having being in the army is a job. Sure. Hey, everybody that's going to join the army, you know, and in Richard Pryor parlance is either join the army or go to jail. Right. Sure. And I grew up with cats who were given that that, that option. <laughs> like, oh, you know? okay. There is that. Yeah. I guess there is an option then. Yeah. Um. So we're going from and and you know I understand I even understand the. the the emotional talk because now since I've moved down south, I rejoined next door. Yeah. Next door when I lived in Lakeview was all about oh shit brown people. Yeah. I moved down to Bronzeville. It's like hey, come to a meeting and let's talk about community and da da da. So, so it's a lot you, different. You rejoined next door, but you 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 never did every block. It's next door. Well, they're similar, but they're not yeah. the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did yeah. every block in in Lakeview, okay, and I did next. You. I do. Oh, um, you're doing next, next door now. Okay, next door yeah, in, in Bronzeville. Yeah. Um, every but like was yes, I would oh shit brown that. people this yep. brown dude came out and delivered a package yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway so I got my package it got here okay I don't really have a problem but he was brown but he was brown yeah. and that, that was that was a problem um, so the thing what that's um, a lot of that conversation is the killing our babies send in the troops yes like what do you think the troops are gonna do yeah what are the police doing here right your police. Who do you want to shoot your kid? Right. Who's who's the they you're talking about? Right. That you're actually so concerned. Now, about. if you're concerned that the Pookie, are gonna help. right? You you concerned that Pookie from over there is gonna come? I get that. Yeah. The troops ain't gonna help that. Right. In fact, the police might shoot Pookie. Yeah. And then where are you gonna be? Yeah, Pookie, somebody's kid. You know, like I have an issue with the the ratchet ass idea that the way to solve a problem like the violence in Chicago is to put more edgy and experienced motherfuckers <laughs> on the street <laughs> to deal with it. Twitchy. Right? Twitchy-ass dudes who have been told, well, when you see gang members, be ready. When, I'm going to tell you, it, when I was growing up in the 80s, it was easy to identify a gang member. Right, right. Ain't so easy now. Not really. Ain't so easy. <laughs> Not at all. When you see people coming here to buy drugs, be ready to do something. Well, it used to be that you could identify who was coming to buy drugs. Now, not so easy. Now, because heroin, there's a whole lot of heroin maintenance users out there who come to buy drugs who don't look like other guys, right? So it's not so easy now. 
But you're not doing anything about those problems. No. You just want to put, okay, you want to put boots on the ground. Got it. Right. Well, boots on the ground on, in certain parts of the city. Only in certain parts of the city, yeah. The thing that really kills me, and I made the statement, and I said, this is probably wrong. And I went, no, I don't think I am. Is that if boots on the ground, and they're talking about 100,000 National Guard troops land in Chicago, right. set, up, set up headquarters out west and out south. Yeah. There are people, as long as they stayed out of the loop, I don't think a large portion of our city's population would even notice would they were give, there. Would notice they were there and give a shit. Correct. I think you might be right. That's but what's scary about if, this shit. And that's if, what's scary if, about this whole thing. There's a lot of people in Chicago who would only be terrified about the boots on the ground if they saw them in downtown Chicago or if they saw them north of the water tower. Yeah, if, they, if you see them anywhere with the literal loop, it, it had to be from like, from like, the like Congress state to lake. the river. Right, if you see them at State Lake, all hell's breaking loose. But if they're crawling all over 67th Street, wait, what's happening? Where? Right. I don't know anything about that. Right. I don't, know I don't go there anyway. And that's the yeah. thing about this this whole allies thing that we were, we were talking about in this age of the new America with the triple K and dumpster fire and all this stuff is the out the thought that yeah we can have marches, we can do all this thing, but when when rubber hits when rubber hits road. But when boots hit ground, where are these allies going to be? These allies aren't going to be. They're going to be in Hyde Park. But that's pretty much it. Okay. I and disagree they're with not, that. And they're I not going disagree to, with that. And they're not going to support okay. the outreach of, hey, there are National Guard people, you know, waiting at these red line stations. Yeah. They're waiting at these green line stations where and we, this is an occupying force. What the hell? I would actually see, and this is why I disagree with this. I think that we live a lot of our lives without a lot of these protests and without a lot of this resistance having to happen. And then without the hard resistance, we're kind of at like in the community, quote unquote. We've been living with certain realities that a lot of people who aren't a part of the community didn't have to live with. And where were those people went? Well, they were always vocal on the internet. They were always vocal in terms of their writing. They were always vocal in terms of their understanding or at least their heart, their thoughts and prayers. Okay, their thoughts, thoughts and, prayers. and prayers. What what I'm what I'm seeing now is a lot of folks are mobilizing and doing things that I didn't think they'd ever fucking do. So I'm giving them credit for what they've already done. Okay. And because they're so <laughs> liberal and well-meaning, they're absolutely likely to come to where the where the boots are, okay. Because to them, it is not it's not safe or, or reasonable to go to Forty Third Street or Sixty Third Street or Inglewood and occupy the block themselves with no boots on the ground, right? That's not a thing. But in the face of an occupying force, that's when you get a protest, right? That's a protest is a protest no matter what the fuck it happens. But I didn't think motherfuckers go protest at the airport, and they did. I didn't think they would do that. The thing about protests, though, is that it's, it's, it's like the reaction to the women's march, yeah. where you got you got cops wearing pussy hats yeah. and all that good stuff. Two hundred black people, yeah. black men and women, show up to say we don't want this thing, and you get a police force showing up sure. to oppose them. Right. It's a difference. Yeah. Not not even denying that. I'm just I'm the kind of I'm just saying that I think that when it comes to if the boots hit the ground, I won't say that the allies won't be there. I'm going to give the allies a chance to show up to that. I'm going to give them a chance. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to give them a chance. I I won't say right now. I give them a chance in the world. Right, right. right. But this is where, like I say, when 700,000 women of all hues show up and go, hey, we don't like this thing, 
the police are very like, okay, cool, you know, just you know, get, yeah. you know, go this way, you know, we can't we'll march with you the... around. It's gonna be that's great. Fun. All you women, that's fun. Look at you guys are so cute. Yeah, that's fun. So totally. we get folks standing on two hundred. Two hundred brothers show up to protest the thing. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah. <laughs> Riot gear. <laughs> Black Lives Matter march last year, <laughs> last summer, right during the Chicago, right, right, and it was like they had to swoop down and shut that down. Because 150 black people being someplace, anything can jump off. We can't have that. A half million angry people? Disperse. We're good with that. Right. But half 200? Million, yeah. Having angry women? Women. Yeah. Yeah. The response was ridiculous. Was ridiculous. But remember, some people do believe Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Yeah, it's Because very the only other time that you understand what a terrorist is is if they're black. <laughs> Apparently. You know, I guess. What we got? We got, oh yeah, we got award shows. Okay. This was my thing, and somebody mentioned this like after the Grammy bullshit because the Grammys are bullshit. Yeah, but it's an award show. It's an award show. The thing is, though, is that someone broke it down like this, and it made sense to me. It says award shows are not supposed to be for validation. We use them for validation, but they're not really for validation. It's really people in your field recognizing it. And once I got. Once I put, I wrap my head around that and says, well, if you win an award, it's if you win an award, it's not saying, look, my, I made it, or look, I made these people happy. It's supposed to be, look, people in my sphere, people in my industry, people in my genre said you are the baddest motherfucker this, this year. Here's an award, or you did the baddest thing, you did the baddest song, baddest album, baddest film, whatever, whatever. It's supposed to be recognition. I understand why bullshit like the Grammys happens. I understand why. Well, I, okay. I understand why which the Grammys do Grammys, bullshit which, things. Which bullshit at the Grammys? Are you I mean, for? I don't even like this year. It was the last two years were were kind of endemic of when I believe I don't remember if Beyonce was involved in both, but basically the goalpost moved one year okay. to the other. Yeah. It was the first year yeah. was. Hey, Beyonce sold a shit ton of albums, right. but she lost to I don't fucking remember. Right, well, lost to some Swift or Shania Twain or something. Yeah. She lost to somebody. Well, yeah. And it says, it well, was not Beyonce. It was not Beyonce. It was like, well, we give awards on musicality and originality and yeah. da da da. Okay, cool. Then the next year, somebody, either her, Rihanna, somebody was up for something. Didn't sell as much as whoever won the thing, Taylor Swift probably. And it says, no, no, no. We, you know, we are rewarding. You know, salesmanship and like all these people bought this album. Like, oh, wait a minute. Last year was all about artistry. Now it's about so, how much people sell. Okay. Right. So it's the moving of goalposts was disingenuous sure. as shit. But it occurred to me once some, I forgot who, just broke it down. Like, look, you're not supposed to be validated. Like, whoa, look, I made it. You know, look, my, I made it. It's supposed to be like the people who I theoretically should respect or do respect because they do what I do. Or they know how to do the thing I do, or you know, they write songs, they do music, whatever. In the case of the Grammys, they're just telling the world that that person did the best thing this year. And I, then I, then I, I became absolved of all the angst, of all the stupidity, of just like, look, if somebody I like wins an award, cool. Somebody I don't like wins an award, whatever. But I remember they got mad at. Esperanza Spalding when she won Best New Artist because that was the year Bieber was up and people got mad because Bieber sold 5 billion fucking records people got mad 
like Will Bieber shouldn't have gotten this thing, and Esperanza Spalding, what does she do? She plays the upright, she plays the cool, whatever. Esperanza, and then Esperanza Spalding has done more, benefited more from that win because it seemed to actually reward artistry. It seemed to reward musicianship as opposed to, hey, this cat sold four million albums, but we're not going to give it to him because even though four million people bought it, this person has a, came with some new stuff. We enjoyed her music. This was great. Esperanza Spalding built, I can't say she built, built, she may be building a career. She's on the third album, third or fourth album now. Bieber's doing whatever the fuck Bieber's doing. People buying Bieber shit, whatever, whatever. But in that case, I'm not saying she needed that, but she would, she benefited more from that award than sure. she would have. That's the shit I have a problem with. That's the shit I have an issue with if someone is actually authentic and like comes out the box and gives you some some maybe some political shit or maybe some some great music and they still lose to somebody who just happened to sell more or who's pop who just like woo everything's poppy woo all that shit that's the problem I have with award shows is because it actually is about validation it's not about recognition it is about validation so here's my counter argument to what you just said (laughs) My counter argument is, if it weren't about validation, then these artists don't even have to be there. They can go to all the other places where they're being offered awards, and they're choosing the Grammys. Well, it's because the biggest thing. It's because it's the biggest one. It's the biggest one. Right? Kanye said, why do you have me on your show if you're not going to give me an award? Yeah. Right? Because Kanye understood it was about validation. Kanye right. still was about it was about ratings at some point. Sure, because that's but that's what it's about. I've got three Grammys, means I'm really good, because they gave me three Grammys. Not that I did what was best three times, right? It isn't that because you can't really measure, you can't actually measure how good you are at what you do, right? I understood it was about validation. The fucking year in which Jethro Tull beat Metallica for best metal, best rock album, whatever the fuck it was, best metal album, right? And I was angry as fuck. And I was like, Jethro Tull aren't metal? How did that fucking happen? Then it occurred to me that the Academy could only really understand what they were capable of understanding. And they looked at Metallica, and they looked at Jethro Tull, and they said, these guys scare us. We hope they go away. Jethro Tull, here. Here, you're, you're metal, aren't you? Here, take this thing. They weren't saying, you were so good. Oh right. my right. God, we recognize your great talent. It was just, someone's got to get it and it can't be them. Right. Right? Right. So they do move the goalposts on people like Beyonce. They move the goalposts on all kinds of people. Yeah. Right? All the time. The more political and like hard hitting your shit might be, sometimes you might not get shit that year. And they might go for the poppy thing because... They're keeping it, it's like when the Super Bowl fucking halftime show changes every fucking year right. to be the most tame of things, Yeah. right? That halftime act ain't really representative of America. They're just hoping your titties don't pop out, right? Can we have no more of that? Word to Justin Timberlake. You know, like that. that's kind of what they're thinking, you know? The Grammys are about the same. You know, we know what the fuck Beyonce is capable of. We know what Adele's capable of too, right? They're both really good, right? They're both really good, but if it were really about recognizing talent, we wouldn't just give out one award. We would give the best their due, and it would be like the fucking Hall of Fame. All right? Seven of you are getting in this year. Which seven is it going to be? All of you come up and get your Grammys. We recognize all of your skill. 
all three of you, whatever it is, best best male R&B vocal, you motherfuckers. Here's your best R&B male. Here's your best R&B male. Here's your best R&B. Take your little moon man and get the fuck up out of here. Everybody sing a duet or triplet or whatever the fuck three R&B dudes would sing. I don't fucking know. But you could do it that way. Nehu. Right. Nehu. <laughs> but they don't do that, they do, don't do that. They don't do that. They don't. Because best is subjective. And let me tell you, in Kendrick Lamar shit. gets himself a Grammy. He can come back next year and get another one because they've decided Kendrick Lamar is the safe one. Right? Which is odd. Yes. Right? But, but they now know him. You know? He didn't stand up. He didn't pull his Johnson out. We were really afraid he was going to do that. But he had to... Sl- he did a... He had a... this performance... See, the thing about... Especially a performance in a racial context, if you're talking about... Especially the prison... You know, the, the, the school prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. That kind of, the shit that he actually talked about and addressed and had in the little... Had in his video. Did his fucking actually, performance dope as fuck. Did in the performance... People were like, ha ha, that was cute. Yep. Like, because they didn't understand what he was saying. They didn't understand that goddamn thing. They didn't understand what he was saying or why he was saying it. It was just a rap performance to them. Don't rappers dress Rappity. like prisoners anyway? Rapidy. You know, it's rapidy rap. Rapidy. <laughs> the rapidy rap show, right? <laughs> That's what that was. Oh, God. To those people, right? I think award shows are bullshit because they make you show up, right? They make you show up and then they make you feel really great. And we all get to like hope and hope and hope that the right person gets it. And then somebody gets it. And then at the end of the day, all right, well, I guess that's that. But we all know the thing that really impressed me was Chance the Rapper winning. That dude ain't got a label. Right. Right? They, now, you recognized that someone did a thing. See, but okay, so. But my concern there, and I've okay. got a caveat. Okay. My concern there is Chance himself changed. Right? Chance changed from early Chance the Rapper mm-hmm. to being more of a pop, acceptable Chance the Rapper. And well, that, that is his moment. fault? No, um, it's his choice. Right? Did he it, really change? Or Chance, Chance kind of became, I guess I want to say, I want to call him media darling? America's hip hop darling? Right? Oh. It, it, it kind of did. He just did. People love Chance. You know what he is? He's not Chief Keith. Right? Thank God for that. Sure, sure. But by being not Chief Keith, oh man. That's a low bar though. It's not a low bar considering that a year or two before Chance the Rapper, it's Chief Keith they wanted to throw every fucking thing at. Well, the industry. I'm not saying the Grammys. I'm saying like the music press. I'm talking about the music press built that kid up when he didn't deserve to fucking be there. Just like we had that episode, we had to talk about the triple XL, double XL. Fucking round oh, the table. double XL. Oh, right, right. The mumble rappers and shit. Uh, the Chief Keith was leader of the mumble rappers for a while. Yeah. Right? Luckily, I haven't had to hear his name. I'm calling Chance Mad Palatable. Right? Yes. I'm He's not palatable. calling him untalented. I'm not saying he ain't good. I ain't saying that, holy shit, thank goodness this kid came along. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they recognize they got a new rapper that they can like now. You're going to see a lot more Chance on award shows like the Grammys. Chance is going to win a Grammy in a year. He don't even release shit. That's how the Grammys that's fucking gonna, work. That's going to be tough. Okay. Because Ken, Kendrick didn't win, win one, and Kendrick didn't release anything. He did or he didn't? Did not. Did he perform? No. Okay. We're good. But, he didn't, right. but he didn't win. I'm saying win. Chance is the kind of dude is going to be one of them cats. That he ain't going to release shit. And because he ain't got a label, he can just drop mixtapes. Right? Because you guys love mixtapes. You guys? Really? You guys. I like albums. Wow. They don't make albums no more. 
do this shit again? We're we'll going to discuss this shit again, really. <laughs> so, in my opinion, award shows are about validation. Fans want to recognize. Fans want to recognize. Fans want to recognize. I think some artists require validation, and the industry is there to give it to them. Fans want to recognize. It is, it is a fan. fan. When I hear fans tell me about how they feel about Adele or Beyonce, Beyonce's fans that I know, they go hard for Beyonce because they fucking recognize. Like, they're not playing Ford. when they talk about Beyonce's skills and what it means to them. That's recognition. I know my favorite artists, when I, when I discuss what they're like and what it means to me, I'm not even thinking about the award they can get. I don't care about if my favorite band ever gets an award. But if your favorite band does get an award, how does your shit change? I, it doesn't actually. If, I, if, if when I see, uh, so as a musician, uh, I, there's a couple of magazines I would always buy every year, and I remember for a while I was always like, who got best guitarist, who got best drummer, you know, I'd right. be all about that shit. And at a certain point, something did change for me where I just didn't care that. When I, when I realized the same drummer was getting best metal drummer like six years in a row, no matter what else had come out, it was like, well, clearly that my favorite band ain't releasing an album a year. This motherfucker's still the best metal drummer? Like, it didn't make sense, right? Yeah, you're right. Like, I, that, I, have, a, I have an issue with that, and that's the point where I stopped caring about the awards for my favorite artists. I, they're still my favorites. Right. If I get to see them perform somewhere, I really want to see them perform. But as, as me as a fan, I get to say... I want to recognize this band's amazing okay. skill. That, okay. that Joe Bonamassa right. as a blues guitar player is fucking killer. Like I want to recognize it from for me as a fan of his, but I don't give two shits. When the Grammys decide that Joe Bonamassa matters, oh, that means he's made a Carlos Santana like album. You know, Rob Thomas was like six. So yeah, okay, you just you just went off on that whole like I I liked him before it was cool. No, I didn't go that far. I didn't go that far. You 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 on the I, precipice. I am I'm towing the line, but I'm not going there. Yes, yes, yes. On the precipice. I, I can see the hipster line. Okay. And I won't cross that line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I won't be I like them when because <laughs> I had a moment. Okay, I will tell you, there's a, the, one of my favorite bands is Tears for Fears. And and I totally remember being like I was into them when they did this album called The Hurting. It was one of, still one of my top ten fucking albums of all time. Songs from the Big Chair was the album that they dropped that was like fucking killer. And that's when everyone learned about Tears of Fears that shout, everybody wants to rule the world, head over heels on, right? Right. right. Amazing album. I bought the I, had the, I had the LP, I had the cassette, I had the fucking like the VHS home video of them live. Right, right, right. Right? Like I, like it, it, it really re-energized my, my wanting to learn to play drums, watching their drummer play live, right? You know? Then they did that Sowing the Seeds of Love album, and that was the critically acclaimed album. And that's when I realized critics didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Because that album was shit. <laughs> like, that, like th those things would happen in my life with musicians and music. Where it would just be like, wait, you all like this? Nah, I'm retreating. I'm going back to my happy place where the music was good because at least I know. I'm going to fade back. Now that you guys are all here, I'm out. And yes, I'm that way with other bands too. But I can think of lots of times in which, oh, Megadeth are getting a Grammy? Really? Hmm. For a countdown to extinction? Really? Okay. Nope. I'll step back over here because Rust in Peace was so much fucking better. Right? I can be that guy. Okay. Right? There was a year where even Slayer could have gotten a fucking Grammy as far as I was concerned. Because Seasons in the Abyss. Amazing fucking album. For metal. Right? Okay. But like, yeah, it didn't happen. I don't really care. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't do award shows. I don't do them for movies. I don't do them for music. I kind of pay attention to doing it for books. 
and comics. I kind of pay attention to that. Okay. But like, I just yeah. That was gonna be in the, that was gonna kind of be the next thing. Okay. Was do it. Award shows not being award shows in various genres. What do you pay attention to? Because I know a lot of people, for just using the music example, a lot of people were like, oh, well, Esperanza Spalding won a thing. Let's check her shit out. Yeah. And so she got fan people like, yo, you doing this shit? Like, we've never heard this thing. Your arrangements, da da da, whatever, whatever. I think as long as people are using award shows as a starting point, sure. As opposed to, well, this one's popular this year. Let me cop the album. Yep. I'm going to split mind about it because it actually really benefited me. I found one of my favorite sci-fi writers because I was in a book club that only read books of people who won Hugo's or Nebula's or some shit. Right. Right? And that's the only stuff we read because there's so much sci-fi and fantasy shit out there. Right. You could be reading some real dog shit. Like, <laughs> like I have my own rules about your sci-fi book or your fantasy book. If your book's got an elf on the cover, I won't read it. If your book has like a fucking spaceship and a boy with a destiny up amongst the stars, I'm not reading it. Like, like I just know if I see a spaceship on the cover, I went to this thing for a while. Like now I've kind of relaxed it a bit because you know I, there's all kinds of shit I gotta read. But if I saw a spaceship or an elf or a dragon, I wasn't reading your shit. Dragons out. I don't care. I guess I want to read your fantasy book. You put a dragon on the cover. I'm out. I know it's gonna suck though. You know, this is low hanging fruit. I can't deal with it. Okay. You know, but I I want people who decide they want to get the new music or new artist because they want an award, I want those people to take a step back from the award and go to where the where the buzz might be. Find your tastemakers if you have to, but don't make the Grammys or the Oscar, right. you know, your your taste, if you can. But a lot of people, you ain't got time for that shit. I get right. you. You got fucking kids to feed and shit, and you got a job to go to, and there's only so much shit. I try to back it down from you just won the, the, the holiest of holies, and now you must be good because I've seen that just fail. Right, totally like, fail. So or, I would, yeah, you, you, I don't know how you got that award because that shit was. Yes, wax, you, wax you, you just, yeah, yeah. Wackness. I, I stopped paying attention to anything Pitchfork had to say to keep oh, the yeah. chief keep here. Yeah, like okay, now you're done. I'm done with Pitchfork. I can, I can move on. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I have a different way of finding like new shit. Sometimes I find artists that I do respect, and when somebody asks them who what they're into, yeah, yeah. I try that. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the way I've always done it in my life, you know? But, like, I, I recently I watched, because of the Grammys, I watched a bunch of Beyonce videos I'd never seen before. Like, I've heard her songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And caught a thing here or there, or, like, seen live performances, like, clips of them. And I was telling a good friend of mine, I was like, damn, you know, like, you've been talking about Beyonce for a minute. And I just went and watched a couple of these videos, and I, not to go all Kanye here, because Kanye didn't actually, like, actually even properly get to describe the work going in there. Like, Beyonce's making videos that Cat used to make back in the 80s yeah. that were like fucking short films. Short films, shit. yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Beyonce's got shit like bands. There, there are bands right now practicing who are gonna name their band Formation after a Beyonce video. Yeah, yeah. Like, Duran Duran named themselves some shit from Barbarella. Like, it's like that. Like, her shit's like that. Like, damn. Like Hollywood actors or Hollywood directors should be lining up to be like, can I do your next video? Yeah. Because they're that fucking good. The, it's like it was back in the day with music videos where Beyonce's videos make me care about the song. Yeah. You know? That ain't some shit a lot of people out there doing. So no, when no. you no, no, no. when you don't give her an award and she didn't go to these other award shows, you wasted her fucking time. To me. You know? I hate giving Kanye credit for shit. Right. Be crazy. <laughs> that motherfucker walk around here looking like Demolition Man and shit. Yeah, like right, right, right. Or, uh, Why he got this Wesley Snipes thing going? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. 
with the boots and everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that Son. was. I don't know what that was. But like for for so for you, think if somebody gets a Hugo, somebody gets an Eisner, you're like, oh, let me check that out. So sometimes, all award shows. Yeah, yeah. So the point, all award shows have a purpose. Yeah, and I use them for not like I said. Not for vindication of stuff I like or right. vindication of, oh, well, that person is good because they got an award. Yeah. But it's more like there's, I have to give some sort of credence, especially for awards that aren't Oscars and Grammys. I have to give credence that there are people in that area, in that sphere, who know what they're talking about, who've yeah. been exposed to it, who've read the books, who've done the math, who's done, like, you know what, you know, who's in the professional area going, you did the best shit you yeah. had this year. And obviously the Eisners are like that, specifically for comics awards. Right, right. The Eisners are, I really think, from people I've seen winning Eisners, these people have busted their ass and done some of the most amazing shit. Like, I, I will say that I don't, you know, when the Eisners nominations are happening or whatever, yeah. I'm not like, let me, I got to vote and let's let's get a pool together and shit. Right. But when the, when the actual results come out, I'm like, I can see that. All right, you go ahead, girl. You know, do your thing. All right, bruh, you did your damn thing. You are best fucking penciler this year. You know, I, I can see that being a thing on that level. I'm only talking about when it's the big, massive shows yeah, yeah. that it is totally like a, it's a popularity contest. And I mean, superstars need their fucking validation too. So while I consider, well, I believe it's about validation, I'm not saying they don't need it because you did bust your fucking ass and there are egos involved. And for as good as you might be, you might really feel like dog shit after the fucking time. And I think as a society, we really fuck up by. Believing that just because somebody's rich and wealthy and super famous, they got it all together. When Kanye don't. So, like, sometimes I'm willing to say, all right, man, let's just do it. Do the damn, do whatever you got to fucking do. I ain't got to watch. You know? I was someplace else when that shit happened. You know? Straight up. All right. Um... Oh, there was another part to that. <laughs> I don't like award shows, but I do like black actors in genre TV. I follow that. Okay. Right? You know what I mean? Like, okay. I don't, like, I don't care if awards happen, but when a show is on and someone has said, we're going to relaunch 24, and we're going to get this black kid who I can't believe was ever a Navy SEAL. But when I look at this kid, I can't believe he was ever a Navy SEAL. But he gets to basically be the, you know, Jack Bauer of this new show. Right, right. I'm paying attention because 10 years ago, this, it wouldn't you be Kiefer Sutherland. They would have gone right. from Kiefer Sutherland to fucking like you know, like 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 Charlie Sheen or some shit. You know, they they just would have. You know, they wouldn't have thought get his black kid a chance to do get this his shit. black kid a chance. Right. And the show is for the first couple episodes I watched actually cool. We can get into things I like. But like when Michael Ely, he was on the Michael Ely was on that show the, where he was like an android. Robot, the android thing, yeah. I really liked that. That shit was that was hilarious to me. He was a great fucking android. You know, I enjoyed that. He was a great android, but like not even like like brothers. Like um, I'm watching the Expanse. Beyond right? Human, is that it? Uh, maybe it was called Beyond something like that. It was it was if it wasn't Beyond Human, it was, it was something very close. Something, to okay, that. right, yeah. But um, the actress who plays Ava Sarala on uh, uh, um, the Expanse, right? She is so fucking good at being a diplomat. Like I'm watching this show because there's a variety of things happening, right? My man Cuddy from The Wire. He's on the show being like a fucking like former Martian, like military service dude who's now a fucking spy, terrorist, something, something, gangster motherfucker. Like he's cool on the show. Like there's a lot of good shit happening on a lot of, I see these actors. I don't, I can't remember their fucking names, but I recognize their characters and yeah. I'm glad they're on my TV. You know, <laughs> that I kind of get into. 
Their names are always hard because when it's new people, right. I can only fit so many motherfuckers like in my head. And that's actually pretty good. The fact that you're not getting the same names, you're yeah, not just the same people. Like, oh wow, it's a done TV show that. Oh, I guess Michael B. Jordan's on that one too. Like, yeah, like there's some people who I've yeah. never heard of who are getting a shot. And here they go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting a shot. You're it's getting so, brand new cats now, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Right, and cats are bringing it. I was watching um. One of the shows that I've gotten into recently because it's season two came out and I couldn't believe we got a season two. I hadn't watched season one, but when I saw season two was happening, I was like, "There's no way that that show couldn't have been so dumb as to not get a season two. Like it shouldn't have got one because it looks stupid." So I was like, "All right, well, Netflix has season one. Let me just watch it and see what's up." And I'm enjoying Zoo. Okay. Based on like a James Patterson book, well, the animals all—they're no longer afraid of humans, and they're fucking the animals are trying to take over the world, right? This show's cool. It's cool. And it stars like Big Brother who was on like Game of Thrones and shit. You know? Ain't that many brothers on Game of Thrones. So everybody out there, you know who I'm talking about. The Big Brother from Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know? He's from across the narrow sea. You know what I'm talking about. Right, right. That one. <laughs> I don't know his name. But he's awesome on this show. You know? I follow, I like that. Like, you know, when I, I can get behind that thing. I don't really care if these shows win Emmys or not. You know, I, I just, yeah. I'm more concerned if Robin Baumgartner gets an Emmy. Okay. I say because Larry Potash has apparently won four of them, right? Like, yay, local guys got Emmys, yay. You know, but I don't really care. You know? I don't, yeah, I don't do awards. Okay. Things we like. Things we like. Things we like. Um, what did I start Troy on? liked. Some movies. I like some movies. Yo, yo. Go out and see I Am Not Your Negro. That is joint. It's narrated by Samuel. And it is basically Samuel reading with um, archival footage and pictures and stuff interspersed in between James Baldwin. James Baldwin was writing a, a book when he died. Um, he was comparing and contrasting Medgar Evers, Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King. Okay. And there's similarities and differences. Right. And so 38 pages, and all Samuel is doing is reading. Samuel isn't being Samuel. Yeah. He's always doing his reading, but James Baldwin was one of the baddest motherfuckers to put pen to paper. True. And James Baldwin is telling you about, and they interspersed this with like interviews and him being on shows, and but they're also doing this. If we're talking about racial reconciliation. We're talking about, um, we're talking about class. We're talking about you know his growing. You know, talking about he was talking about he's growing up, and we're seeing like the FBI file on him, right? About you know you know a known radical in the Negro community. You know, we've tailed him, we got investigations, blah, blah, blah. And we're seeing all this interspersed with shots of Ferguson, shots in New York, looking at protests, looking at, and you're figuring out, and the, the point, this director, and this director hasn't, he's never, he's been working for a while, he's a Haitian dude. Um, he's been working for a while, but this is like his big thing. And the shit is so dense, like, you, we, I'm gonna have to buy it on DVD just to like watch like ten minutes and pause it and have to talk about it. Yeah, it is it is awesome. It's well, it's very well done, and you see this definite parallel between the shit that Baldwin was talking about back back then and now. And this shit is it's just nuts, just out, out of this world. And Baldwin is just very he's exact. 
and I really recognize how badass he is when someone comes at you like there was a, a couple things where people were coming at him like I disagree with you and da 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 and he is cool as shit and he is articulating with no us with no let me think about he is just you're thinking this because of this 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 do 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 where everybody's like you got served right you got served intellectually to a point where the person who came at him and he shut him down, they have nothing to say. Right. They, uh, like, you got nothing. It is it's excellently done, very well done. Um, go see that. It may still be in theaters. Um, at some point, it's coming out on DVD. That's up for some Oscars. Oscars for actually Best Documentary. Right. Um, I don't know who they're up against, but this shit is this shit was great and awesome. Watch that shit. I think it's up against like thirteen and some other shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The, the third, no. Mm-mm. It's not. No. Okay. Um, thirteen. That's Ava DuVernay's thing. Right. Uh, which is free on. Apparently, you can go ex, uh, Ford City. Um, oh. <laughs> right. Ford City. So <laughs> Ford City is showing it for free. If you don't want to go on Netflix, Ford City has it for free. That's awesome. <laughs> but Netflix was making Luckily, it available. Netflix. Yep. Netflix was making it available to see for free at various theaters around the country because it's so pertinent right now. Cool. I can't watch it because I get angry. Like the thing is based on Michelle Alexander's um Michelle Alexander's book um about the school prison pipeline. It was New Jim Crow. Right. I can't I read ten pages and got so angry at my blood I felt my blood pressure go. And I put it down. I just, this is shit. We got facts, we got statements, we got statistics, we got anecdotes. Right. And there's no why way. Why y'all angry? And I, this, what y'all so mad about? And I'm just like, I'm so mad I'm putting the book down. Right, like, right. it's a great if book. If they of would just stop committing the crimes. Black on black crime. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, Ava DuVernay, that's Ava DuVernay's joint. This dude, like this dude's Haitian dude, like, this is like his second big project. Yeah. No idea. I, I don't know how he took this on. And, the thing is that Zamel's reading this thing. It's 38 pages. It's 38 pages, and it's so dense. Yeah. Because Baldwin's getting to it. Like, you know, one thing that's kind of funny, he mentions that, um, Baldwin mentions that he was in L.A. writing a Malcolm X, either a movie or something, a play or something, and that he wanted to get Billy D. Williams to play Malcolm X. And I just sat there like, that would have been horrible. That, sometimes you just got to be like, woo, bullet dodged. That would have been horrible. <laughs> but, like, you think sometimes about, like, what had to be going on in the world. Like, you look for prominent brothers to, like, do a thing with you. Yeah. Right? What we and, know, what we've seen Billy D do at some point, you got to be like, oh, okay, maybe not. Maybe, like, right. There's a certain then, my introduction to Billy D yeah, wasn't Han, wasn't was Han, was Lando. It, was it, right. My introduction to Billy D was well, Street, uh, Street Hawk. No, Street... Uh, Nighthawks. Nighthawks. Okay. Yeah, him and uh, Sylvester Stallone, buddy cop, gritty buddy cop movie. Gritty. It was awesome. I remember Rutger Howard was the villain. That, Howard. that was that was my introduction to Billy D. Williams. I didn't know Billy D. Williams. The um, <laughs> he wasn't even Lando yet. So the, but he, but he, he's talking about this. He, he's talking about, um, how different, especially with the, uh, getting the brothers, at, at the time do a thing. He says, right. you know, Sidney Poitier. And um, Harry Belafonte were the dudes. And right. say they refused to be cast as sex symbols. Right. They refused to be, you know, they just couldn't do that. And I forgot the movie, but the movie where he's chained to the dude 
and I've forgotten the name of it. It's a, it's a film classic. I've watched it in my film classes. Um, but at some point, he jumps, like, basically, like, you know, they're running for this train, to jump on this train so they can escape, da 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 whatever, whatever. I think I know the movie you mean. Yeah. I'm totally blanking on what the movie is, but he, but he jumps, so the, the white guy doesn't make it. He can't reach, you know, he can't yeah. grab his hand. And so Fortier jumps off, too. Right. And it says the white liberal really wanted that to happen to show that, oh, see, we're all in this together. Right. It says there's not a single black person that on say, dumbass, get your ass <laughs> back on, on the train. train. <laughs> but he said it's important. Right. It was important for the Mike Willow at the time to see how that right. would go. Because we were, at the time, we were always the ones making concessions to keep you making safe. Concessions, that's, that's exactly making concessions. That's exactly what I said. Making safe. concessions to make yes. you feel safe. Right. Great movie. Go see our, that shit. Our honor and dignity always comes at the expense of making you feel better. You know what I mean? That is it. We are we are honorable and dignified right. because we saved you. We saved right. you. We rose up above what was done and everything else that may happen in this movie. We saved you. Yes. So, so now you can. please, please go see that, that shit. Is, that, that, is shit is, that shit is great. Uh, Moonlight. Um... Got some buzz. I was in a discussion about it. Moonlight is basically it's a coming of age story. But one of the things that really pissed a lot of people off about this coming of age movie was the fact that it was a gay coming of age movie. Right. And so people were like, well, you know, and it's rated R. And people were like, well, I want to, you know, I want to bring my kid, you know, bring my kid to it and do it. It's an R-rated movie. It says, well, so it, bring it, right, anyway. right. it has a sex scene. It has five seconds of a simulated sex act. There's no, it's not explicit. But that's a problem all of a sudden. But one of the characters that um, the main character finds himself attracted to is um, he is dreaming about this one character, and this one character is banging away at a chick because apparently there's, there's a mutual attraction thing but one guy is just better at at hiding it from you know yeah. from this very homophobic kind of kind of environment. From their environment, yeah. So this dude is banging away at a chick, like trying to like you know look, I'm you know I'm totally straight, whatever, whatever. No one mentioned that. No one had a problem with that. They didn't have a problem with the overt heterosexual sex going on. It was just okay. the, just the the, the 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 subversive homosexuality. That was too much. We can't bear the kids. But so I can't think of a single coming of age story. That didn't have sex involved because that's what coming of age kind of entails. You, you, coming of age tends to mean that I went from this innocent part of my life to this woe part of my life. Right. And well, a lot like, of times the metaphor for that is sex, yes. So Moonlight's well done. Um, it's beautifully shot. Um, a lot, there's a lot of little trivia, like how there's one character that goes through, he grow, you know, is growing up. The three actors who play him never met, but you do get a sense that this is this the same this the same person. So, because you're watching a dude throughout his life, you're watching the kid okay. like this dude's a kid, like a six seven year old. Yeah. Then he's like teenager in high school, and then he's a grown man. And says none of the characters who played this guy met each other. Okay. But you really get the sense that they all just. The one guy, the kid does they his thing. The then the teenage, guy. they knew how to do this guy. They knew how to do this person's thought process, and you, you, it was evocative. You kind of, you, you know, even you weren't gay. You identified like, yo, that's 
that's rough. Like you getting bullied and everything, right. and like people can kind of tell that you, you know, that you have it's these also proclivities. Thing too, where like you know, part of the, a lot of it isn't just the, the 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 homosexual like attraction and sex act may have been depicted. It's that in the community, community, right? We don't even want to call like black gay men black gay men. We we got we came up we invented a whole term for that shit just to not admit that there's black gay men. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really the issue. The issue is... It's a lot of homophobia. You you didn't do a fucking movie where my man was coming of age and he got to smack motherfuckers around and, like, kick somebody's ass in a diner and, you know, drive a car real fast and then go to the military and find out that the army did him wrong and then come back and, like, treat his woman bad and then get a good job and get his shit together at the end after he survives his heroin addiction. You ain't do that movie, man. You know? Like... That's the shit that really the issue is. The, the issue is a whole lot of folks went and saw that shit because it starred black men, black people. Black people. And they All thought they people. were going to see something and they saw another thing that was actually realistic. Realistic. And they wanna, they'd rather run away from that. Yep. Well, when you go to your church on Sunday, yeah. no who the fuck you think's in your church? No one. Who made your church? <laughs> it was the choir director. Mm-hmm. They said, it was a sip this tea. <laughs> Somebody, no one told me it was going to be black Broke back mountain. Right. Like, word? Okay. Right. And so the I, question I, you ought to have is, why did it take you this long to get a black broke back mountain? Really, yeah. you need you might want to ask yourself that right. question. It's a population that exists. Yep. But like you said, we come up with terms that mm-hmm. instead of saying black gay dude, we got mm-hmm. whole nother shit going on. Fact. Um, but definitely go see that shit. That shit, it's it's back in re-release. Um, it's playing at our house or whatever. Beautifully shot, like vis like visibly great. Um, so we're like, well, I didn't want gay sex scene. You don't get gay sex scenes. Sorry. Right. If that's going to be your kind of squick, right. That's not. Sorry, that's not going to be the thing. <laughs> the you number happen- of movies you probably also watch with dudes get their heads blown off. Right. You're good with that. <laughs> but you're good with that because right. violence is better than that. Right. But yeah, like I said, we we. People had no problem with the hetero thing, but like, oh, oh, but oh no, it's it's simulated and it's like whatever, whatever. But definitely go see that Moonlight, great movie. I was very happy I saw it. Very happy I got a support. They're up for some stuff. Hope they win it. Uh, if they don't, like I say, that'll probably make their career, the people involved in right. that, you know, better more so than La La Land. But I'm gonna call it right now. La La Land is some white savior bullshit no. and will win awards. And we're done. And I'm gonna call it, calling it. Okay. In Black History Month, La La Land win shit. <laughs> All right, shit I like. I've already mentioned the Expanse. Right. Because I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the Expanse so much. So much. That I think I want to go back and rewatch season one. <laughs> because we've got to a point in season two where this shit happened that I did not expect. <laughs> that I really didn't expect. Right. Like every episode of this show throws a curveball in some kind of way. It is political, it is sci-fi, it is cultural as shit. They will not let you forget that Earth people are different than people on Mars, are different than the people who grew up in the asteroid belt between the two, right? We have three competing cultures here, competing for resources, having different political agendas, right? They're all trying to not go to war, right? But something's trying to force them into war, right? It is, there's a lot of subtlety in it. 
they have not, like sometimes, you know, you get a show like this and it's, you know, well, Babylon 5 only had so much of a budget, so the spaceships kind of look like, you know, I don't, they look like they were computer generated, right, right? Okay, well and good. This show, it's like, may, I don't know what its budget is, but the science used to design the shit they're showing you, really good, really good. They're doing things that like in, in some sci-fi shows you would forget, like, you know, we had so much of people beaming down the planets and things like that, and we had a lot of shit where, you know, battles happen in space, and it's like the ship is fighting another ship, but there's people just walking around the Enterprise like normal. No, when, when fights happen ship to ship in this show, you need to be strapped in because if you're not, you might die. Because you're, you, they, they use, they make use of actual gravity, G-forces. You can't just be caught somewhere in a hallway when these ships are going to war. You, you might need to, like, do something to, to, like, make sure you're secured. And if you don't, you'll be turned to mush. Like, cool things like that, <laughs> right? They're not firing laser beams. At each, it's got to be missiles. Pew, pew, pew. Right? It's got to be that. They use effective time dilation, like... A, a ship is coming up and it's firing a missile at you. Do you fire a missile back? Right? Like, maybe you, in a normal sci-fi show, you'd fire a missile back because you believe they're firing a missile at you. The difference is that in, in, in an actual space scenario, it takes so long for you to be able to communicate with someone at great distance, you don't know what's coming at you or why. Right? You have to decide. If you fire back, now you've got an actual incident if you misunderstand what's actually happening. They weren't firing at you. They were firing at the rock past you. That might have been a warning shot, right? It's like that. Okay. That could have been a warning shot. Okay. Right? Because we don't want war. The reason... Why are you firing a warning shot if you don't want war? You're firing a warning shot because you need somebody to not go to a place they seem to be headed towards. Right? Don't do this thing. Do you Stop where you are. Don't go any further. Right? Don't go to this thing. We either there's something there that you, we don't want you to see, or we don't know why you're going to this place. Yet we suspect it might be for nefarious means, right? So we need to fire a warning okay. shot. Okay. But if you fire back at us, you were definitely going for nefarious means because you're just trying to get there. Like, even this kind of misunderstanding is important in this show, right? They got to figure that shit out. The pacing is great. It is awesome. It is great. I, it, it stars one of the stars I know is Thomas Jane, the dude who played in that the Punisher movie nobody liked, <laughs> right? He plays this kind of down and out gumshoe detective in space. Like it's he he takes a case that he kind of shouldn't have taken, you know? Like it, it ruins his career. He can't let it go, and he ends up embroiled in this entire political social thing, right? Just cool show. I'm loving the show, okay. and it makes me want to rewatch it for things I may have missed. Right? It is an Earth thing. It is a Mars thing. It is an asteroid belt thing. The Earth thing is Earth has all the resources. Everything's fucking good. Everybody left Earth, but but it's been so many generations out in space that now they're entirely different cultures. Mars. They were trying to terraform Mars. That's what they were sent up there to do, right. and for generations they were trying to terraform Mars. And if it wasn't for a war with Earth, they might even be there. There might be trees on Mars by now. Right? But the Martians have expended resources fighting Earth for their independence and shit that Mars is still a red fucking dust ball. But people growing up on Mars have developed differently. Right? You ain't got the same bone structure. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you got issues, right? You're, the Earth fucked you. And then the people who were doing all the, 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 the mining for either of your side were called the belters. They live on the asteroid belts. They've never lived on a planet. 
They've never been to Earth. They've never been to Mars. They're literally in the middle, right? Literally in the middle, trying to figure out where their independence can be gained, right? Basically, it's 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 just that cool of a of a thing. Okay. Solid writing. It's sci-fi channel. Sci-fi channel, the same channel network that gave you Mansquito. I wouldn't have thought this possible. Try that shit. And I've already said that I like Twenty Four Legacy. I, my anger about Twenty Four Legacy is I wish that shit was just on Netflix. So I could just watch the twenty four fucking episodes and be done with it. it it's but filmed no. in real time, so it's really hard watching that shit one hour at a time. Right. It, yeah, I don't like that part of it. <laughs> um, and I'm enjoying Zoo, which I've said. And I'm really enjoying Black Sails. Black Sails Season 4 has started, right? And I'm kind of digging that. Um, in comics, there are three comics that I'm going to say I'm absolutely happy exist and I'm enjoying. One, Warren Ellis is back doing a book for DC called The Wild Storm. DC has contracted Warren Ellis to kind of relaunch, recreate the Wildstorm universe, the same way they had Gerard Way kind of do a Vertigo-like thing called Young Animal. So Gerard Way's got Doom Patrol and uh, Mother Panic and some other, uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, is one of the books for Young Animal. It's Vertigo-esque, right? But without the really strange, it's weird, <laughs> but it ain't quite as far out there, but very clever, very cool. What Warren Ellis is doing is he's not really he's he's reintroducing characters from the old Wildstorm universe, but he's doing it without really having to deal with the old Wildstorm universe at all. He's straight up going back to the drawing board with it, and the first issue just came out last week, and I really enjoyed it. I am honestly straight up looking forward to whatever else comes out of this end of the Wildstorm universe. A thing that I didn't think I was going to enjoy, but kind of caught me by surprise, there is so apparently. DC likes to do crossovers with other com companies not named Marvel, but they would do company they would do crossovers with IDW like there was last year there was a Batman yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which I wasn't gonna read right. that seemed dumb, um, but there's a they they've gone back to do Star Trek Green Lantern again. Okay, so the second part of Star Trek Green Lantern is out, but the thing that really shocked me is there is a Planet of the Apes Green Lantern crossover, <laughs> right, where one of the apes gets a ring, right, and. I thought, okay, I, yeah, I'll order a couple. Let's see if anybody cares. Then I read it, and I was like, nope, didn't see this coming at all. Like, this can be cool. And it is. It really was kind of dope. Like, it was, they were taking on the, the comic book idea of the Green Lanterns being the, the whole, like, the spectrum of lanterns, the yellow lantern, the red right, lantern, red, and all right, that, right. right? And there being, like, a universal ring that can access all the colors, oh. right? And then that ring ends up on Ape World where the apes have no concept of superheroes, right? They don't know anything about, the, they don't know a lot about Earth before they were apes, you know? And then they get this ring from this other universe, right? Really cool. And the, the uh, trade paperback for Eclipse by Zach Kaplan uh, shipped last week. It is a sci-fi series that, uh, it is a kind of a post-apocalyptic Earth in which the sun uh, has become so dangerous, like it is just massive. Right. Like the solar radiation is such a problem that the sun can be used as a weapon to kill. Hmm. Right? Like, so humans live underground because it's safe there. And when you go up above ground, you need a spacesuit to shield you from the actual, you need an actual full on Apollo 12 spacesuit and shit. Right? Like, and if you are above ground and you don't have one, you need to stay out of the sun. But with enough clever mirrors, someone can attack you with a solar weapon. Just by using a mirror. Yeah, and kill you. Like, this is really cool. <laughs> there. there were other things, too, that I got at, at Comic Book Meet recently. I was describing some other books, but that's just three right there. 
because I don't know if our audience is going to go out and buy 12 of them. Right. New interesting comics. There's three. I, I did, I liked, um, I started reading Monsters Unleashed. Okay. Um, did enjoy, and it, it's enough where you don't need to know people's backstories. In fact, you don't know it, need to know any. It's Marvel superheroes versus giant monsters. Versus giant monsters, but then the monsters, are, they're not, there's two sets of monsters they're now. Not, yes. And they set up Elsa Bloodstone as a... Monster hunting expert. Yeah. Because that's what she is. That's what she is, but like, it makes it would make you more interested in like, okay, how does one become a monster oh, hunter extraordinaire? Okay. Right, right. Um, as opposed to like a Miss Marvel or right. um, the Champions with um, Amadeus Cho and yeah. um, all this, you know, all these people. Like, okay, but you're the monster hunter extraordinaire. Right. How did this happen? Right. And you just kind of sashaying with red hair and a British accent. It, it did. It did surprise me a bit that it was like Elsa Bloodstone is the character who knows, and they need to find Elsa Bloodstone. Instead of normally it'd be like, man, Iron Man better Iron Iron Man us out of this, or Captain America needs to Captain America us out of this. You know, that isn't really the case. It's more like everybody's so exhausted fighting giant monsters. Right. Someone who knows how to fight giant monsters needs to show up, and they went to Elsa Bloodstone. Right. Or Doctor Strange couldn't find Elsa right. Bloodstone. Yes. Like, well, I was, I've been working on this, so I didn't right. answer. <laughs> I've been busy. Ha! Like, okay. So I, 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 did, I started reading that. I did enjoy it. Um, I read the joint um, uh, with Renato Jones. Okay. Um, it was all right. Um, kind of a letdown. I liked his art style. Um, eh. A little hyper-violent for me. Ah, I can I, see. I, I kind of don't, like don't like to do the hyper-violence. It, it's, it's very much of the, you know, very populist, very, like... The 1% is yeah. doing the people wrong, so we got to do some about that. And the people in the 1% are, like, dreadful monsters. Dreadful people. Yeah, yeah, dread, like, literal, like, literal, abuse, like, he, he makes the 1% characters in Renato Jones like the villains in Captain Planet. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're eco-terrorists and human traffickers and the worst kind of humanity. So, of course, you want to get shot in the head. Right, right. Or, like, you know, keel hauled or whatever it is Renato Jones is going to do to him. But it was, like, a little on the nose for me. So that's the, that, those, that's the, those are the comics I've enjoyed uh, cool. recently. Um, I did see, I saw Run the Jewels um, at, at the Aragon Brawl Room. And great show. Uh, Run the Jewels themselves, you have to, it's, it's kind of, not even a miracle, it's really awesome that two people can hold down the stage by themselves. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, you have this, Really, kind of actually short, scrawny white kid. Yeah, older, actually white dude, like who's been through some, who's been through some shit. Yeah, he's been through some shit. Yeah, and Mike, who's fucking huge. Yeah, Killer Mike is huge. Um, you got a DJ doing the scratches. It's also amazing how much of their catalog is slow. Right, it's slow tempo. They did at the beginning go look. You know what? If we get wild or whatever, whatever. You know, if you see somebody, you know, y'all do what you do. If somebody falls down, stop. Yeah. And pick them up. Right. And also, if you get into a lady's area and she doesn't want you there, stop being an asshole and get a move away. Sure. People and ladies, yay! Because finally someone acknowledged that hip -hop, right. dudes are assholes. At shows. Dudes yeah. can be assholes at shows. Yeah. Um, a lot, and they rock for hour 15. Great show. Ton of energy. Um, it, and, you know, Encore, they brought it in. The Aragon seat. Seats holds five thousand people. Right. Uh, it was supposed to be at, the show was supposed to be at the Riv, but the Riv apparently 
houses 2,500. Showed out show. Um, great, um, just great. It was, it was a great time. Um, a lot of the people who I, I would have went with, talking about they old and they're younger than me, so I got issues with that. But <laughs> they can't. But it was too a, old it, to go to a run a juice show. It was a great. It was a great show. Um, I still like two better than three. Um, I like one better than three. So oh. I like two, and I like one than three. Okay. Um, they sh- they did songs from all. Um, they kind they kind of did a lot more on from three, but they really did a ton from all the all the things. And they did the DJ Shadow joint. Um, uh, hey, nobody move, nobody get choked. Right, right. Uh, so it was a, it was a good time. Um, definitely go see them. Like I say they may not. They're rage rap now. I've heard the term. Which is okay. not which is whoever coined that needs just shut all the yeah. way up. Yeah. Um, way. But great show, a lot of energy. Definitely go see them. Um, I believe all the albums are available for free at this point. Right. So you really people have no excuse not to go peep it. <laughs> but like I said, I like two, then one, then three. There you go. Bet. All right. There you have it, folks. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Word up. Um. Yeah, so, all right, this has been episode 18. Of Stakes is High. The Black Nerd Podcast. Yes, indeed. I remain Troy Hunter at Tall Black Guy on everything except Instagram, where I am T-World 77. This has been (laughs) A.K.A. L. Gates, A.K.A. Han Yolo. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm your boy, Terry Gant, A.K.A. Doc Midnight, A.K.A. Dread October. Han Yolo. Damn. All right. And this has been us. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Remember, hit us up at um, email, stakesishighpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also is on the Facebooks. We got the group and everything. Uh, shout out to our people worldwide supporting. We appreciate y'all. And we will holler at y'all later on. Later. <laughs>